Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Everyone just got ill from the diarrhea. I did. I didn't. Oh my lord! Just grab them in the biscuit. What? Somebody didn't handle food properly at a party setting? Well, I just had the wine. I I have anti-diarrheal pills on hand. At all Regular, times? Regularly, yeah, because... You're a good uh, man. It, and yet you still mess yourself. I, well, this is <laughs> what I've learned. I've learned over the years. Here's one of the things. Uh, I get an upset stomach pre-show a lot of times. Huh. Okay. Mm. So I have to just... So like nerves? Dip it in the bud. Yeah. It's, it's, you have nerves. Oh, yeah. You, you giant ball of ego over there have nerves. Yep. Wow. Wow. If you're not nervous, you're dead, dude. Yeah. That's true, man. Okay. Uh, now, it's not crippling stage fright, but it's... I've got to take a shit, <laughs> so I so I do my best to plan around that. And occasionally, if I feel like, I mean, you know, I have to be very careful about what I eat on show days, and you know, well, I say I have to be very careful about what I eat on show days. I just don't eat like I normally do, <laughs> yeah. like a ravenous wolverine monster whore. What? Yeah, back What's in my this? back in my theater days, it'd be the exact same way. Right? You can't. Yep. You gotta you gotta hold it together for the show. Afterwards, yes, you go crazy, bud. Right. Till then, yeah. yeah, go easy. Show days are a little bit, easy. and so for me, that's my Monday and my Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have two days a week where I have to, and then and then I'm kind of on during my work days for hours and hours. So I don't really eat anything before I go into work. Usually, yeah. I take a tiny little snack. So it's only when you're doing podcasts that it happens during. The performance, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. He doesn't get I'm, to eat. So otherwise, I'm relaxed and my bowels are loose. <laughs> That's why he takes that shit break about halfway through, right? right. Yeah. Well, I I had to, you know, and I'm sorry I, it took me so long to get here tonight, but I have to. I'm running solo dog duty tonight with the, literally with the, with the pups. Yeah, and it's um, not that kind of duty. It's uh, mm. it's just a lot of hassle to try and time it out right, and then you know. Yeah. They make dogs they have, have their own schedule. That's exactly it. So you know, <laughs> yes, yes, Plus, they, they have do. to piss on everything. Oh, Only if they love you. That's fucking. Oh man. Do your dogs ever do that? Like you take them out, you watch them, they go, and then you you bring them back in, you go do something, and then you turn around, and one of them is like shit on the carpet. Oh yeah. Okay, so it's not just. Oh no, that, that's how it happened. I've that's had your, I've had a lot of that this week. That's where dog just, life. We just went out. That's that's them. That's them pissed off that the woman is gone. Yeah, that's uh, part of it. Them exerting their dominance over you. Oh yeah, no, the, that that's done. <laughs> the, the beta. Lizzie Lizzie has uh has dominated me. I, I lay there in the bed and she's all up on my shit. Just ooh. I think I mentioned this before, but I once woke up with a cat shitting on my chest. No, no. Nice. They know better than to go in the bedroom. They they do not yeah. they do not cross that line. That is our domain but uh but they sleep in the bed so you know as soon as they're they're the alarm clock welcome folks it's geek shock number 268 i am master torgo way up your butt <laughs> 80s jeff fact check dandy and we have a special guest today professor biggs it is good to have you back sir yeah, i know for those uh, who, ha- who are newer listeners, you might not know Professor Biggs used to work as a Klingon at Star Trek The Experience, now teaches acting and where? At uh, Fullerton College and Chafee College in fabulous Southern California. And an uber Superman fan. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, I think Carl, uh, Carl Reed and I uh, vie for that uh, position amongst this circle. I would say so. <laughs> I understand you enjoyed Smallville. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Yes, it's been a topic of conversation on this very show before, many a time. It's, like it's, it's, it's only like him and I, and then everybody else is a hater. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Although I will admit, seasons nine, nine and ten. <laughs> no, nine and ten actually. You know, I a, mean, they had a few good ones. Yeah. No, it was it was really seasons. Six, seven, and eight that I thought really went off the rails because it was like. Well, I'll tell you, seven <laughs> is what made me sell every DVD I had. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is the stupidest piece of garbage I've ever seen. What happened? <laughs> I, I've only seen two or three episodes uh, all told. Not because I hate it, just because it's not particularly interested in it. But yeah. what happened in season seven? It was so terrible. It just, the writing just goes to hell. And it's just, it's the same old shit. They just keep revisiting the same shit. And it's just like, come on, man. It was, shit or get off the pot. It Show was that the it's last fucking Superman. season they were going to have the character of Lana Lang. It was the, I believe it was the last season that they had uh, Michael Rosenbaum's Lex Luthor on too. Yep. So it was just, you know, and it was to all of us sitting, all of us Superman fans sitting out here going, okay, I can kind of go, all right, okay. So, you know, because part of the part of the problem with series television in general and sort of with genre television in, in particular, but the problem with television in general is you usually only have that first season guaranteed. Right. And so and so it's like you kind of throw every every cool idea you've ever had in the development project at that first season. And then, so then, so then, you know, the pitch idea, we're going to tell the story of young Clark Kent in his first year of high school, blah, blah, blah. How cool will this be? And, it, you know, and I, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was, you know, it was kind of suffering from the first season of Buffy thing where you had the kryptonite freak of the week thing. But after that, and, you know, they got to the second season. But, you know, it's the glee problem. It's like, if you set a show in high school, eventually right. these kids are going to be graduating, and then what are you going to do? Well, oh, yeah, well, they, well, that, that's a glee problem. But nobody thinks that far ahead. And I, they were all originally only signed to five-year contracts, as I recall. Seven. Seven? Was it but, seven initially? Oh, yeah. I thought it was five. Yeah, no, they're all, I, I thought the glee problem was ripping off uh, artists. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, <laughs> besides that. But the other problem is you got these high school kids. They're going to graduate eventually. Then what are you going to do? What are you going to do when your most popular characters can't be on your high school show anymore? Right. So in season five, they did what I thought was a pretty smart thing. that send Clark et al. to college. Perfect. And then season six rolls around and uh, what happened to college? Because eventually we're going to have to. And of course, and the other thing that Smallville was doing was playing cute with. Clark doesn't like being a newspaper reporter on the school paper. It's like, okay, well, eventually we know he, you know. And so, you know, send him to college and have him have some mentor professor that says, hey, man, you're really good at this. You know, you might want to blow. Nope. Season six rolls around, and it's like, why are we in China? <laughs> the show called Smallville? <laughs> so, yeah, ma'am. That's some shit that I was like, what? Lana Lang gets some fucking demon tattoo. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> right. Who fucking cares? I just hate that show. <laughs> I know you do. We all know you, you know, do. I think you may have mentioned that before. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, but I stuck with it. Well, I watched a shitload of it, too. Wasted my goddamn time. <laughs> and money with the DVDs, huh? 
Huh? And money with the DVDs. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And a couple yeah. Uh, a couple last seasons there I bought new. Well, fortunately they've learned that lesson with the uh, Arrow and uh the Flash so far. Mm-hmm. So far, yeah. Arrow is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'll have to say. Yeah. I, I am up through, through season it 2 is, now. I've seen is, everything that's on Netflix. It is eminently watchable. Yep. And I really like the Flash too. I and so far as comic book Where's TV, his wiener? <laughs> what? Uh, Where's wiener? He called the Flash. Let's go. <laughs> oh. You want him to have the trench coat too? Huh? You want him to have Lord. the trench coat too? He doesn't have to have the trench coat, but it should be red. And and the and the pants that are <laughs> the pants are just cut off uh, the bottoms of the pants. Yeah, just, just leggings, boots, really. just boots and leggings. Yeah. <laughs> Special guest Ray Stevens. Oh be yes, great. they called him the Flash. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Love to show off his ass. Woo! Look at that! Look at that! Look out, Gladys! You'll be incensed. <laughs> He ran so fast that his pubes melted off. What other geeky things you want to get off your chest, gentlemen? I went to a party with a tremendous amount of Star Trek nerds. Did you? Yes. (laughs) Hordes of them. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. The famous April had her her annual uh, Christmas party, so a bunch of old Star Trek The Experience folks all got around. It was quite nice. Yeah. Got to catch up with some old friends. Yep. Yep. I was glad I was able to make it this year. I haven't been able to go in many years. I haven't either. I just got. I'm always working late that night. Yeah, sucks. Yeah. Uh, well, in the spirit of Christmas, I started playing a PC game called uh, "This War of Mine." Mm-hmm. That okay? It's not Christmassy at all. It's a one of yeah. those hard hitting <laughs> PC uh, games that have come popular in the last year or so. Uh, it takes place in a fictional country in the middle of wartime, and you are a survivor in a blasted out house and it's about scavenging and surviving and making horrible horrible decisions and starving to death it is a really really hard game to play after a while mm. so is it sophie's choice is it first game? person shooter no it is not it is kind of uh it is like sci- it's not isometric it is Top it looks like a, not top down view, but a side view, like a la Mario, but it's not a jumper in any way mm-hmm. like that. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, I got gotcha. you. Side scroller, right. platforming side scroller, right. but you are gathering materials. You are trying to create simple stoves mm-hmm. and deal with sickness. Deal with so being so tired. It sounds like a side scroller with um, uh, papers, please, behind it. Has that feel to it? Yeah. Very much so. And then. You can get all that stuff done in the daytime because you can't go out scavenging in the daytime because snipers. That at night is when you go out scavenging. And you, it might run into uh, empty houses. You might run into houses that aren't so empty. Uh, you might go to a house that you thought was empty. You scavenge it. And if you go back for the rest, you found out that an elderly couple was there and you stole all their stuff and they died because of it. Oh, no. Oh, it's boy. really <laughs> some really horrible things in there. See, this goes back to my plan. This fits in perfectly. If you can, easily, <laughs> with plenty of leisure time, masturbate using whatever electronic device you would like, and you can't readily acquire a pre-cooked, ready-to-eat cheeseburger at a reasonable price, kill yourself. <laughs> this game goes so. a far, far away of saying that, yes, that is a feasible option. What I'm saying, those are the two elements well, taken what if in it's- context. The, all the parameters that require to make those two things feasible. What if electronic porn is eliminated, but hard, uh, like hard printed is still available, and you can I'd still have your cheeseburger? I'd be hard pressed, man. 
If I can still have the cheeseburger, I'm saying it has to be both. Yeah, it has to be both things. Right. That's why I'm asking. Well, you're probably be, jaded to print porn. You, seen you, yeah. couldn't, you couldn't get off with a copy of Wii. Is that, is that the, with a copy of Wii? Yeah. What's Wii? I don't know. O U I. Oh, Wii. Yeah. Shoot, even oh, like the man, last time I how saw. How long has it been since I've seen a Wii? Well, back in my day. Yeah, that's the Wii U I grew up with. <laughs> in fact, I think the last penthouse I saw, like I want to say, six seven years ago. Had hardcore, yeah, in full it. penetration. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, "What is this?" Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't recall this being in penthouse when I was a kid. Playboy is still trying to keep it classy, but oh. keep it classy. Gotta get out of gas. town. <laughs> well, you know, everything's relative. Who wants that junk? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else has gone to. Uh... If you're going for it, go Gonzo. Go yeah. full bore. <laughs> yeah, well, that's me. Yeah, I just saw something geeky. I did. I, I made Paul a present, and he left it. No, oh, yeah. the fridge. <laughs> Uh, what is this present that you made for him? It's a uh, facsimile of the My Little Pony thing from the story a week or two ago. <laughs> it's really horrible. <laughs> it, it, that's is, horrible. horrible. it is a My Little Pony and, and a jar activated. of shampoo that does not look like shampoo at all. <laughs> There's a picture up on the website yeah. on the, or on the Facebook page, rather, yes. if you want to flip it over. Right, for, flip it, it over for uh, 80s. He hasn't seen it flipped over yet. Oh, have him flip it over himself. Oh, good. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's flipped over and grossed. Oh, it's a snow yeah. globe. Gross. It's a snow globe. That's what it is. Yeah. Snow globe is it? <laughs> a snow globe. <laughs> another another entry for. It's uh, not a spunk globe. <laughs> another entry for the uh, Urban Dictionary. Yeah, a snow yeah. globe. A snow globe. <laughs> a snow globe filled with semen. <laughs> Actually, were you saying you were saying who was talking about the. Uh, uh, the sand timer. The uh, I was. Yeah, I, I, I need. To, I need to make that a horrendous. The semen sand timer. Sand timer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any uh, other? When the spermatozoa runs out into the bottom, you're dead. You understand? Dead. <laughs> Don't kill yourself uh, first. <laughs> why did you fill this with sperm? <laughs> Whose sperm is it? You horrible witch. You'll never know. It might be my monkeys. Maybe it's that lion. <laughs> oh, come on, come on. <laughs> no, you come on, lion. Right here in this jar. Yeah. There's just one thing I want you to do. What? Talk me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk you into it. I'm an ass whisperer. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's it. <laughs> right into my trap. <laughs> Somewhere Commander K is just rolling his eyes right now. <laughs> you got a bunch in your fur, you messy fuck. <laughs> oh, don't call me that. <laughs> call you what I want. I'm going to run away. You gross. <laughs> some people go this way. Some people go both ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We know about you, Scarecrow. I, I got two geeky things, one of which we kind of talked about before the show started, but the but the big thing, the big thing, big thing. my Christmas present to myself this mm. year was the Deluxo Bells and Whistles Blu-ray Batman 66 Complete Series Set. The Adam West Burt Ward. Oh, yes. I have that on the way as Pop well. art. Yes. Amazon oh dropped God, it to... Genius! It's freaking genius! It's so fun watching that stuff all over again. Last week, Amazon dropped it to something like fifty-three percent off, and I couldn't. I just I couldn't keep that's it in my good. cart well, any longer. Yeah, and, and I got a friend that works in a comic shop, and she, she sent the word out. She can get. She was like, I can get the deluxe bells whistles plus the the Comic Con exclusive, where you get the hardcover of all the 
the stories stories that yeah. inspired some of the episodes for about the Amazon price. Oh, and I was wow. like, sign me up. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever I have to do, but I will I will definitely pay the I, I look to pick that up eventually, but just not it's not a fire sale kind of thing for me. Oh, I, can I got a feeling that that's it's something that so might not be available good. after a while. Right. You think it might just be in and out and be one of those super rare? Well, the, I do. This box set is limited edition to yeah. you know X number. Yeah. So. And, uh, well, the box set, but I mean, the and DVDs the, and the, the pre-orders on it were pretty heavy yeah. uh, for the holiday season. So I think they timed it right, yeah. and I think there's oh, yeah. enough nostalgia interest in it that. And this is Shout Factory, right behind this. Oh God, I can't. I don't know. It's, it's a weird. Um, well, be, release. I finally read the entire rights debacle. Yes. on the whole thing, and Jiminy Christmas! No wonder they couldn't get the thing released beforehand. It was just like the rights got split up in five or six different ways. Mm. It's like, of course, Warner Brothers owns a character. Warner right, Brothers right. slash DC Comics owns a character. Twentieth Century Fox. Of you know made it. It was the studio that was made at. Right. But then the production company was Greenway Productions, which was William Dozier's production company. Yep. When he died, that got split into three. So it's like five different entities had yep. to all come together and say, "Sure, make a DVD set." And you know, none of them could get Took together on a price. And, even, and, and then even after that, they had to go back to the original film stock yes. and scan it all into high definition. Yeah. And do a lot of repairs and touch ups on the on the film stock, and then they had to go back and look at the just like what they did with the the next generation uh, upgrade to high def. They had to go back and look at the original televised versions to make sure they had the cuts and stuff right. Right. So and I mean, which, it was it was a super involved process, which apparently they still didn't get right because there, oh, yeah. there are two replacement discs you can send away for that uh. left like sixty seconds out here and. Yeah, that happened with the uh, next gen season one. I had to send away for uh, two discs to be replaced. How, does, how do they? How does it look though? Oh man, it is gorgeous. Every it clip is. I've seen looks. It looks fantastic. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's film quality. Now, of yeah. course, that's always a double edged sword because with a new high def, it's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, look at Penguin's nose, kind of sitting there all fakey looking. Yeah, you can, <laughs> you can clearly see Cesar Romero's pancake on uh, yeah. makeup. Yeah, in over, his mustache. Over his mustache. Over yeah. his mustache. It's like it's like the remasters of Star Trek. It's like, oh, they really didn't blend Nimoy's ears all that. Well. Yeah. <laughs> to me, the kitschy it just adds to the kitschiness of the the original. I mean, yeah. I I I'm I can't wait till I get it because it is on the way oh, and it it's supposed so to be here soon. If I get it, I'll probably get it DVD. Yeah, you're just gonna get the basic thing. You don't need all the bells and whistles. What you're saying? Uh, not not too many. No. I got you. Okay. I'm I'm reading that that comic which is great the yeah. batman 66 comic which yeah. is wonderful it that's is my bells and whistles fantastic and of course so that's my second thing was uh i of course still made my nearly annual pilgrimage to san diego and you know we like i say we talked a little bit about that before the show but of course this was the big 75th batman anniversary thing so it was like this year and batman, last batman. year this, this, so, this year this year now this you year, say pilgrimage to san diego san, san diego comic-con san diego comic-con okay. yes or yes, for those Comic Con International, so you just Comic-Con go to San Diego and call in for Batman. Yeah. Now, for for our listeners, Biggs, how many Comic Cons in a row is this for you? Well, in a row, because I know amongst our group, you hold the record. I yeah, mean, yeah. <laughs> well, I, obviously, I've been going since 1973. Back when the biggest celebrity at Comic-Con actually had something to do with writing and drawing comics. <laughs> it was Neil Adams that year. And I was very excited. I was like, Neil Adams, I gotta go. Mom, mom. You know, mom. What would I have been? 
I would have been just born. Yeah, I was gonna say that's I, a year I before still, I was born. Yeah, I was, I was born in July of seventy four. Hey, you're all a bunch of punk ass kids. <laughs> you got no sense in this style. No one you want to get Steve, the DVD. Thank you for right. Thank you for being here. So I'm not the geezer in the room. Once <laughs> <or once. laughs> you're, you're I was ten in nineteen seventy three. Yeah, uh, it was fifteen. Wow. So right in there. Yeah, yeah. So while Andy was riding his pterodactyl, no. you were. I was <laughs> stopping down to San Diego okay. in the back of an apatosaurus. Paul, you can direct your Captain Caveman jokes that way for the night. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Yeah. Target acquired. But, um, yeah. But here's the fun thing about this year's Comic Con, which I just had to sit there and giggle about. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with this thing in the nostalgia factor with the Batman 66. Apparently, the postmortem of this year's Comic-Con was that it was somehow a lesser Comic-Con. Huh. Somehow. Somehow a lesser Comic-Con. Because there weren't enough celebrities, there weren't enough like big major reveals in Hall H. And as a matter of fact... This was the first year in a long time that I just walked right into Hall H when they were doing the Batman '66. I was really? like, "Well, I want to wow. get, get there early," and so I, you know, you do what you always do when you're trying to get into a panel that you want to see. You go to the yeah. previous panel, and I walked, and I was like, "And I, there was no line," and I get actually into the building, and I was like, "I just go into Hall." They go, "Yeah, I just go right in." Place was half empty. Wow! And I was now, of course, I got like I said, I got there early. So, you know, my first post from my fabulous cell phone was Hall H half empty. Screw you, punk ass, not nostalgic kids. <laughs> well, by the time the panel actually started, it filled up pretty well. But, you know, but I was like, wow, I just walked right into Hall H. And like I say, I hadn't done that. I think the so last I almost, years. I almost have to ask, what was the panel that you walked in on that was half empty then? God, I don't even remember. Uh, oh, um,. It was a new TV show, or was it an old TV show? Was it Haven? No, it wasn't Haven. <laughs> Haven doesn't sound like a Hall H property, it, right? It was, and, it, and that was the complaint. That was the complaint. It was, was Lance Watling, the, the secret shrimp, the next generation. No, yes. there was not. Was this a secret shrimp? Oh my, shrimp. Secret, secret shrimp. shrimp. Yes. <laughs> no, it was it was some genre movie or genre TV I mean, show that I walked in the last, you know, probably like half hour of, and it, and they apparently were all nice people. <laughs> I remember that. I don't remember what show it was. Though. Huh. I think the last time I actually made it to the con was the year the kid got caught, stabbed in the face with a pen. <laughs> uh, see? There we go. Urban legend. It was a pencil. Oh, sorry. Pencil. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy didn't get stabbed. In, get, like wasn't purposely stabbed. They were fighting. One guy had a pencil in his hand, made a gesture, and didn't get in his eye. It got like... His, like his brow. I, I said yeah. face. I didn't say I. I okay. But I did hear I when I was there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. By the time the story got to everyone else, it was like, they had this huge fight, and this guy jammed this kid in the eye with a pin, and they had to wrestle him to the ground. It's a good. No. It got into an argument, and somebody made a gesture with a pencil, and boink. And yeah. <laughs> Zany fun at Comic Con. But yeah, so somehow it was a lesser Comic-Con, and I'm just sitting there thinking, well, good, then maybe you punk-ass bitches that are only here for the celebs will stay away next year. <laughs> What's well, weird it's is been, it's, it's diversing, uh, diversified so much, you know? Yeah. 
And there are so many other places to get breaking news or see celebrity news right. and that kind of stuff. Like, well, and a lot of stuff broke before Con this year, yeah. so that was that. And there are many other Comic-Cons yeah. that are doing a better job of being Comic-Cons right. than Comic-Con. Yeah, right the, the, little, the, the regional pop-ups have been doing very well. Well, and that's well, what I said. Some the, of them, I the, should the say. The startup that I've really been trying to support a lot is the, is the new Long Beach Comic-Con, mm. which to me has a very... <clears throat> Very kind of early '80s San Diego Comic Con vibe is to it. Always scheduled the same time as the Vegas Valley Comic Book Festival. <laughs> yes, we move it, they move it. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Um, but yeah, because it it's big enough that there's just enough Hollywood there to make it relevant, but small enough. Like you can do the dealers' room at, at Long Beach in like half a day. I think the the wizard is it the wizard world ones that are popping up all over the U.S. that are uh, yeah we got one coming here uh, oh we do have one coming yeah. here yeah really well yeah. wizard was because I knew there was coming when, there was yeah, one coming was to Reno when they but, had the magazine yeah because that was all tied in together right yeah that's what yeah. that was from was wizard yeah but then they they stopped publishing yeah and then, uh, I thought the, I thought those comic cons died up. and uh, but no. the toy but fair yeah, was a the, sub a subset I used to read Toy Fair all the time I was a Toy yeah. Fair junkie I might be quoting the wrong convention then, I but, remember uh, I loved Toy Fair I was always checking the back and they'd be like the hot list you know and they'd yeah. the, be like as long as I got four or five of these I'm good <laughs> like, I was trying I was like could I get four or five out of the ten this month yep most of the months I made it that was a thick magazine for was, comic books had a lot of yeah. good shit. I've still got a couple of those compilation of the uh what they call that? The Toy Fair, uh, when they had all the the action figures talking to each other and yeah. silly shit. Oh, right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, they came out with compilations of them. I got like the yeah. first four volumes yeah. of uh, Toy Fair Theater, Twisted Toy <laughs> yeah. Fair Theater. Yeah. Funny shit. Basically, the precursor to uh, Robot Chicken. Yes. Although Texas Superheroes is pretty damn good too, and that's kind of a similar idea. Which one? Text with superheroes. Text with Texas, superheroes. Yeah, yeah. The, those man, I can't get enough of those. Yeah, that's right. It's is Wizard Wizard World uh, conventions, and they have just coming up in 2015 alone. They have 25 cities that they're doing. Wow, including uh, Vegas. Is uh, Vegas? Vegas was it says just recently added. So okay. Uh, See, I got confused. I was looking up. Uh, during the time of the AFN, and Wiz World is going to be present oh, there. Oh, okay. A whole different thing. Yeah. Whole the, water, the water sports. sports. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you know what so publication went under this week? <laughs> what publication went under? No, what? Cat Fancy. Shut did up. It really? It really did. Because oh. oh. the entire internet is Cat Fancy? <laughs> that was, that, that's what they said on NPR. So, that was one of the points they made, is that the internet is full of cats, and yet Cat Fancy went underground. So the question, well, was it hosted in Korea or something? Uh, North Korea? Oh, <laughs> that's sad. So the question is, does Dog Fancy still exist? I don't think so. I think oh, the whole fancy line gone. went away. Well, well, yeah. So I guess they just didn't, uh, they didn't adapt. Apparently not. Nope. Evolution in progress. Well, cats are going to go. Makes me nervous for the print industry, you know. But fortunately, newspapers are solid. There's a oh. yeah. there's a few things, but man, man, it's getting crazy. Books is getting crazy and shit. I don't buy nearly as many comics, but there's just not that many good ones out there right now. Well, I, I, well there's, a, there's a lot of good books, but I'm, just, I'm buying them in trades right now. I, yeah, that's, that's what I do. Just yesterday, I was at Barnes & Noble, and it did my heart great to see just how busy it was people are buying books for each other apparently oh, good good yeah. because that was a line halfway as long as the store to Ooh, check wow. out 
So excellent. So that made me feel good. Yeah, I, I gave away a book already this year. So that's all I bought for everybody. Everybody yes. on my Christmas list got a book. Did and you, thank you for that. Paul. Did you read uh, it? I did read it uh, cover to cover, and I can't wait for the next volume of that. Yeah, I bought everybody sex criminals. Okay, so, cool. Yeah, I'll, if, uh, I'll, if I'll anyone got that tonight, maybe out there listening, I put it on my bookshelf of intent. It's there. Good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, give it a read. It's uh, it's the best one that I've read this year, second to the continuation of Saga. But I got everybody Saga last year. So Saga still is just without peer. Saga's great. Brian Vaughn. But, uh, you know, Matt Fraction rips it up on this book. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a unique new take. Uh, it's something different. He's uh, he's done it again. It's it's, it's great stuff. Read uh, Sex Criminals. Just in case I'm not crazy, Matt Fraction was also writing the Hawkeye comic book. Yes, and he had, yes. And he also had that great run on Iron Man. Yeah. Because when, when I was at... Long Beach Comic Con, Mark Wade was there, mm. and quite a few years back, uh, he came into a DC panel at San Diego and was like, "You guys, and you guys need to be picking up Justice Le- or Justice Society. If you're not reading this comic, you're not a true comic fan." And I was like, "Oh, okay," because I like the Justice Society. I picked it up. Sure enough, it was awesome. Uh, written by uh, two guys you may have heard of, guy Jeff Johns and David Goyer. <laughs> anyway, so it, that so, was their first yeah, foyer. But, and so this year, or not this year, last year at, at um, Long Beach, I said, I prefaced it with that whole story, and I said, so what comic do you think we, if we're not, if we're not true comic fans, should be we, 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 wow, what comic book if we are two comic fans, true comic fans? Oh, you think don't you bring? try and correct someone's <laughs> yeah. fucking siblings? Andy. Anyway, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Read, read our read our minds. That's the Jesus question. Jesus Christ. And he, and Mark Wade said Hawkeye, Hawkeye by Matt Fraction. The blind leading the head cut off. <laughs> Come on. So, and so the I blind that. leading the decapitated. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, as you guys know, I'm a DC guy more than a Marvel guy. And I yes. was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll pick it. And sure enough, it's awesome. So what book was it again? I'm sorry. Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. Hawkeye's great. Yeah. Hawkeye, as he calls it. Hawkeye, yeah. <laughs> and just so we know, Andy, uh, since you are a working man and a parent, What's your evade that you have to roll on your bookshelf of intent? Is it uh, six to twenty? You don't read anything. Yeah, no, I don't know. It just sits there. I'm still working on Catch Twenty Two for the last six. One months. to five, you might re- <laughs> might crack open a cover. I have a disgusting, a disgusting stack of shame books that I have not gotten to. It's it's awful, but I'm I'm making my way. The trades I can I can go through pretty well. Son of Batman, Batman and Robin. Eh, the new Batman I really like. Yes. With Capullo doing art, yes. with Snyder writing. Oh, my it's good. God. That has been like the yeah. diamond in the new 52. It's the only like, thing that's really cooking. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, I'm not a big DC guy. But uh, And that new Archie. <laughs> Archie. Oh, Archie. With Archie is fun. Yep. And uh, I just got a bunch. Wait, wait, Archie, the... Afterlife the, with Archie. Afterlife with Archie. Yeah. Okay, I, got, I got the trade on that one. I and I just have a bunch of other shit. I got, a, I got... I'm way back on... I got a bunch of kitty books, but that's what I read. I got... Uh, uh, regular show and um, bravest warriors. I have I've, I'm like a year behind on all of them. It, it started with a Spider Man when a fucking Spider Man started coming out three times a month. <laughs> I was like, nope, can't do it, can't keep up, and I didn't. And I'm so far back. I still haven't read probably 200 of those. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I know. I know. I went to visit. Uh, I was at uh, Mirage Studios back when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was just barely making it big. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, I was like to show my artwork to to them, and uh, they didn't buy it. Um, but uh, Jim Lawson was the guy that talked to me, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yeah, I, just, I can't even have time to read the books anymore." He opened up a filing cabinet and showed me like the 
this the stack of books a couple inches thick he hadn't read and i'm like dude how could you not read your books i'm like i got boxes of books i haven't read now <laughs> time yeah. gets away from you yeah. when you get older you man to be an old person first time i got my infamous nook uh we had a whole i had a whole bunch of free books that were on there and i was like i was like well i guess it's about time i downloaded that um uh, it's one you always recommend the, the oh three. the star is my destination N- nope the the, the funny infinite one. jest yeah infinite jest really I've still not read it. <laughs> that it's is slog, there, dude. though. That it's is also slog. on my, my bookshelf of intent. That is a slog. That is not an easy read. And I wonder how that would be with a nook, because you had to constantly... Does it let you zip right back to the addendums and errata? Is there a mm-hmm. link on that? Yeah. Hyperlink? Yeah. yeah. So you do the... Oh, that would actually make it easier then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, click, 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 click. Yeah, because you have to keep reading. You have to keep going back and... Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you've got it. Yeah. I actually do, by the way. I actually literally have a bookshelf. I actually put everything I haven't read yet. It's on as in one bookshelf. Yeah, I have a, a huge stack on my bedpost next to my bed. My problem is I got in the habit of reading books when I was going to bed, and the wife won't let me do it anymore because she can't sleep with the light on. So now I have to figure out. I just need a new routine for, for reading my books. She can't sleep with the light on with you reading, but she can sleep with you watching shit and falling asleep to no, it? No, I, I have my headphones in, and it's on my uh phone and i'm i got i'm just turned watching my phone you can get a kindle app for that yeah i should there's a kindle plays movies no kindle for reading oh yeah Go back to but that. not for not for comics do they have comics on uh, kindle? yeah they, they actually do. do full color yep. yep fully backlit yep all right but i don't like that i want my comics you, you, you need a you need a helmet of some kind with a... <laughs> <laughs> I, what i need is what i want to do ultimately get under the covers <laughs> when i get a new when i get a new house my nerd room is going to have a twin bed where I can put all the nerdy, ridiculous sheets that I want to on it, yeah. and I can lay in there and read till three or four in the morning, and then slink into bed whenever I please <laughs> later. But part of it too is there's there's just you know so much dog action in the bed. I'm sharing the bed with a wife and two dogs. Filthy dog. They action. are they're filthy dog action. <laughs> they are filthy little fucks, and uh, you know, there's hair everywhere. And I'm just like I don't want hair all over my books, dog hairs and shit. I'm a I'm a very, mm, but as meticulous as I am and as neat freak as I once was, I'm still pretty neat freak, but damn it, my toys need dusting so bad. (laughs) That has been the thing that has suffered with all this other shit going on and all these other projects I've been involved with and, uh, and just, and the, the He-Man of the Month Club. It's overwhelming at this point. <laughs> it's overwhelming. I, I I set two full giant shelves aside for the thing, and it's just it's at it's at capacity. That's the gift that just keeps on. It giving, is. It's Clark. at capacity. This is the last year, but man, if I'm going to be able to make it through, it's yeah. just a woof. And they get you every December, just wham, just hit you with a bunch of shit. I think it's been a year since I've been over to your place, and it was pretty full of them then. Just you wait. Yeah. There are a full twenty more figures. Yeah, you know what I said Easily. before. You got to get those things where the bookshelves all are stacked against each other, and you crank them open. Yeah, I got to figure. I mean, when I get to the new place, when I get to the new place, there's going to be a whole lot of reorganizing and everything. But, but that's that's down the road. A little but built-in be, fan that blows out instead of in, so it just sucks all that. Just dust get some glass. Stick some glass on the front of them. That's all. <laughs> Keep the fucking dust out. It's tough. Vegas is one of those places. Dust. Just, oh, dusty. Yeah. It's so. <clears throat> It's so dry, but it's, you know, it's pretty easy to get cleared out, but mm-hmm. I don't know. <sighs> anyway. All right, I don't gentlemen. have a day to dust. 
Might as well get to some news while I got some. First news you don't give a shit about! And probably Jeff's favorite piece of news of the week. Oh boy. Paramount Pictures just set Justin Lin to direct Star Trek 3. The filmmaker credited with reviving the Fast and Furious series. <laughs> reviving. Roberto Orsi remains the producer on the Star Trek film. Paramount Pictures has set a July 8, 2016 as the release date. Ugh. Justin Lin will so, be directing the next Star Trek. I had Trek. to Google this guy because uh-huh. yes. already the fanboys' heads were exploding. And I was like, well, okay, yeah. So on the one hand, this guy is mostly known for these Fast and Furious things. And yes. I think I've only seen one of them. On the other hand, he's also the director of the first two episodes of the next season of True Detective, which is a very character-driven, atmospheric TV show. So I am willing to... (laughs) With the apparent Paramount notes that they want the next Star Trek to be more like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, there is that. Which direction do you think they're going to take? Yeah, yeah. I'm still, you know, with all these things... It's like, it sounds like a bad idea. I am more than willing to wait and see the actual movie before I start head exploding. Yeah. I'm going to wait till you've seen the actual movie to see if I see the actual movie. <laughs> I will wait and see, but the one of the justifications that I read that he, for the reason of him being hired was his ability to, quote, manage talent and personality in and, and a, and a diverse group. I.e. handling people with handling egos. egos, yeah. Yes. So, not that that is reported to be a problem at all with this current cast for the for the movies, but there have been uh, a lot of feelings. I, I think directly from Paramount that not enough of the cast is getting involved in the films. It's a Kirk and Spock joint, and it's like, well, if you look back, it kind of always has been a Kirk Spock McCoy, and then. The others kind of filling in mm-hmm. where necessary. So, well, if that's the case, then I then I see that is then a mark in the plus column. Yes. However, so. <laughs> right. I know. Always with this stuff is always. He's how. not a fan, so that that bothers me a little bit. Um, whether he is just not a Star Trek fan or if he's not a sci-fi fan was not addressed. <laughs> Either way, but. Um, but we know a lot of them can sometimes get in the sure, way. Sure, yeah. it can. Uh, he, one he's going to have to do as well as one of the one of the <laughs> one of the arguments for in his column was the fact that Nick Meyer was not a Star Trek fan when he directed right. Two and Six. However, Nick Meyer is a very cerebral man. He is a sci-fi enthusiast going into that, yeah. and studied a lot of the background of Star Trek going into it. So he has that experience going into two and then carried that over to six. So if Jeremy Lin approaches this, like a lot of directors that are successful within, mm-hmm. you know, like the Brian Singer thing, when he yeah. was given the first X-Men, he said he didn't know really anything about X-Men other than, you know, being aware of its existence and then he delved into the archives and read dozens of comics and talked to people talked to writers etc etc you know comic writers and then built upon that now if that's the approach that he takes sure 
Yeah, I will. I will. I will be more than willing to give him a fair day. I, I was a little it. worried. the The leak out there is that it's going to be called Star Trek Three: Racing Ships for Pink Slips. So, I'm not, and that's that is I'm my. Not sure, if that's what we want. <laughs> oh come on! You got the Federation versus the Romulans, the Klingons, the Gorn, and they're all like going through the asteroid belt. And, and well, that's that, that's playing eighties. Well, uh, yeah, you know, they're taking anthems. the wacky races apart. We can make this castle run in six parsecs. <laughs> yeah. that is that is actually my big concern with this whole thing. <laughs> And, and and not that they're going to turn it into a a version of Fast and Furious, but the fact that if you watch any of those films, there's really not a lot of substance to them. No, nope. well, they were saying they wanted it to be more like Guardians of the Galaxy. So and, here well, comes Vin and, Diesel. And, <laughs> and, and, and here's and here's my other Spock. thought based I on am that. Spock. I am not Spock. <laughs> Paramount has always kind of treated Star Trek as how can we make this more successful? How do you make it more successful? You Boil it down to what it is at its core, and you do that, and the fans will come and watch it. Yeah. You don't try to turn it into another genre, right. i.e. Star Wars. You don't try to turn it into Fast and Furious, which is what I feel like they might be trying to do with this. They say, okay, here's a guy that reinvigorated um, Universal's Fast and Furious franchise by making it batshit crazy. Fast and yes. Furious, sir. Crazy, and you know, people went and saw those movies in droves. The one, the one Fast and Furious that I did see, and it was only because I had to kill time, and I think I then theater hopped into the movie that I actually wanted to see. Um, there was just, I was just sitting there going, well, first of all, I was sitting there thinking, oh, this is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. But then it got to the big caper part of it, where they are racing down the streets of whatever the city they're in, towing a giant vault safe behind them. And that thing is just taking out buildings and pedestrians and cars right and left. I'm pretty and sure that so was the last one. Yeah, and somehow the weight of this giant vault thing getting thrown around like that isn't affecting the car at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I <clears throat> And I was like... <clears throat> All right. First building it hits, that car's axle just gets torn out. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Wee! Done, yeah. yeah. I saw but, you know, it's making all those drift moves around the corners and stuff. Uh, Meanwhile, the safe's going boom, 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 boom. I liked Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Tokyo Drift. That was like that, the that's when I heard it starts the going off the rails and starts getting crazy. It's the exception to the rule. Oh, sure. Yeah. But it's but that's but what it, where I hear that it gets good at that point. The thing is, <laughs> the reason it's good is because it's basically initial D. They stole they stole a manga and they made you know okay the initial D movie basically yeah I don't even know initial D initial D is a drifting manga I love that that exists and uh, it's all about uh, it all exists there's a manga about everything there is but <laughs> but the whole thing with initial D and with with too fast or with uh, Tokyo Drift of comics Tokyo Drift it's all it's kind of like uh, it's sort of like an extended super version of those ridiculous windy streets of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So they got that. I don't know what prefecture it's in where they're, where that shit exists, but mm-hmm. man, I guess somewhere in Tokyo, but that's, it's just <laughs> like ripe for the crazy. And so it's a really interesting visual of them going in these. It's like, oh, okay. You can, it's like the, one of the few places where drifting as a mechanic makes real sense in a right. racing uh, <laughs> setting rather than just, oh, I'm going to keep taking this left-hand turn all drifty. <laughs> it's really, you know, it, it really does, it would, would prove an advantage. Have you, have you gotten to see that in real life? 
Drifting? Yeah. I have not it's, in real life. It's pretty bizarre. Yeah. They really are going sideways. It's like, wow. Mm-hmm. That's going sideways under control. All right. Yeah. No, there's uh, an art to l- limited it. Limited control. Yeah, mean, well. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a lot of accidents that happen in those. Yeah. I didn't see any while I was there, but yeah, like I could see it happening easily. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, back but, in the day, oh. one, of, one of my little pet projects was I, we wrote up this entire scenario about, you know, it was going to be like our sort of Star Trek parody thing where... I think it was like, you know, a Star Trek Border Patrol or something like that. And of course, but that would have like all of the sort of late 70s, early 80s car chase movie thing, you know, tropes. Tropes, yeah. So like the Enterprise is coming around an asteroid belt and drifts slightly and then comes back and all the spaceships kind of rock on their shocks as they, <laughs> as they keep going back, even though they're not, you know, of course they don't have shock absorbers. And there's like this space donut stand and so and so a... You know, uh, space cruiser. They're gets called involved. inertial dampeners, Steve. <laughs> right. Well, this, this, you know, it's a rundown little uh, spaceship there. Trust Midas for your inertial dampeners. <laughs> yeah. And of course, I'm not going to pay a lot for this inertial dampener. <laughs> and of course, there's a scene where the hero gets away from both the cop car and the evil villain spaceship by, you know, getting them both heading towards each other, and then whoop, and then they both of the spaceships end up in a nose to nose thing. And, yeah, Burt Reynoldsy. <laughs> yeah, very Burt Reynoldsy. <laughs> so uh, this could be that movie. <laughs> I, I don't want to let this this brilliant reference you had just slip past because you said it. And nobody else heard about me. I don't think, but you referenced the Wacky Racers. <laughs> that, that was wonderful. That was a beautiful thing. Which, wacky Racers Star Trek edition would be great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you should explain that to the, the younger readers, meaning anybody younger than me. Well, seventies cartoon, basically the best of Hanna Barbera characters, all in one race, and I can't remember Muttley's owner. But Muttley was Dick the Dastardly. laughing dog, and Dick Dastardly were trying to throw off the whole race. I can't do the little the evil racer. <laughs> the uh, Romulans, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Uh, according to Latino Review, who gets Man, weird scoops, yeah. uh, Universal Pictures is looking to develop another big screen adaptation of the classic 1980s series Miami Vice. The studio is already out meeting with screenwriters and taking pitches for the project, which they want to turn into a franchise. Have any of these motherfuckers watch Miami Vice? It's on Netflix, guys. It's a turd. It's a stinking idiot turd. It was never that great. It is dated as fuck. It's it's insane now to watch it. Man, watch Cocaine Cowboys. Make a real movie about Cocaine Cowboys, about the real shit. Make that movie. Mm-hmm. Take that documentary and turn it into a real film. Don't play Crockett and Tubbs jumping around in a white sports car. Who fucking cares? So stupid. Ooh, they're so stupid. And that was the thing. That fucking movie took all the fun out of Miami Vice. Li- what little there is. That was the 2006 <laughs> Michael Mann so Miami Vice movie. bad. It was, it was terrible. Unwatchable. Yeah. That was against its original form. Uh, If you're not familiar with it, the NBC crime drama ran for five seasons from 84 to 89, starring, uh, well, the characters Crockett and Tubbs, uh, two Metro (laughs) police detectives working undercover in Miami. Sonny Crockett and... Don Johnson and... Yeah, Sonny Crockett and... uh, uh, Philip Michael Thomas. Philip Michael Michael Tubbs. Miami Weiss is number one new show in Bratislava. Ricardo Rico Tubbs. Rico Tubbs, that was it. Calm down, down, Rico. 
No, He'd always be, be going on. Oh, my God. You just got to watch it. It'll blow your fucking mind. I don't think I saw it back when it was on. Uh, I used never to watch it a lot. It'll blow your fucking mind. You need to update it, update it and make it metrosexual uh, cops. You got like gl- it wasn't already. Got <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Glenn Fry appearing on there. <laughs> and he's terrible. Everybody's terrible. Everybody's I, I, I so bad. I will say one, there, there's a great visual in the pilot episode where they're going off to get the bad guy at the end. And uh, Phil Collins in the air is playing. And they're focusing on the hubcap for cars are driving through the street. That's an image that sticks in my head. Yeah. But that's, the, you know, four seconds. It sticks thing in my head. About, the thing about Miami Vice was it rolled in on the wave of music videos. Yeah. Yes. And if you watch it, it's pretty cool that I mean and 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 music was heavy on that show. Oh yeah. I had the Miami Vice soundtrack. I loved it. Uh Jan Hammer ripping it up with yeah. some, you know, that was a great fucking soundtrack. That had really cool techno for the day. Well, it had music and it had Rap. visuals. It didn't have story. That's yes, precisely. Yeah. That was it. It was a it was an extended video, which does make it kind of you know groundbreaking. It's yeah. well, it's, it, it <laughs> it's is not a product, groundbreaking, but groundbreaking. It's a product of its time, yeah. and it is unfortunately long past that time. They're, they unless <laughs> they really embrace exactly what you're talking about, Andy. The aesthetic, mm-hmm. there's no way to recapture what it had, and I don't know that there's musicians today that are, you want to listen to four minutes of their music Ugh. with with visuals that are just kind of I don't know. It's so dumb. That fucking show is so dumb. Just watch it. What if they did like a watch? Watch one where Bruce Willis is an abusive husband. (laughs) Oh, it's great. I like this song, but I'm just imagining a modern Miami Vice with all about the bass playing while they're doing something. (laughs) (laughs) Racing in their speedboat. All about the bass. By the bass. Really, the thing is, like, like, like the Phil Collins stuff. That's that's like half of it. Half of the things were Phil Collins, and there was all. It always had to be very moody, yep, and slow music. What if they did it spoof style, like well, the uh, Starsky and Hutch one from a few like years? Like the Twenty Two Jump or, Street shit, the Twenty One Jump Street. I stuff? think yes. well, those are bad examples. Well, I don't. Those, I those seen, two are you know, not I like great. The first Twenty One Jump Street. I haven't uh, seen it. I've heard it's okay. Well, the it's, thing is that I think that if you go spoofy, that's the way it is going to go because that is what. 21, 22 Jump Street was. Yeah, and it was successful, so maybe they will spoof it. They should. They should totally spoof it. But oh, it's ripe for spoofing. <laughs> oh, man. I think it's what you're going to get, but man, yeah, that could go r- real bad. Well, when you put two-foot-tall Irishman in there as Sonny Crockett, no. <laughs> no. Not that Don Johnson is the Always after the biggest terms. actor in the world. Exactly. Ah, we got to get back to Miami. I don't know what I'm doing here. I should be back in Bruges. <laughs> and who an you awesome don't give movie. a shit about with barely a week left to go in 2014 it can be officially called Transformers Edge of Extinction is the highest grossing film of 2014 you've got to oh be my kidding God. me even sadder it's the only movie of this year to pass the billion dollar mark you know what's the- even sadder Mark Wahlberg is talking about going back for another one with of co- Bay of course yeah I know yeah why wouldn't now, you this is what I'm always talking about with my students because who, who, you know, first of all, I talk about, you know, the whole critical thing. I'm of, an inventor. Yeah. Well, the whole critical thing of, um, you know, once you get past, like, well, it's two things. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Man. really three things. The, three. Help them out, help ask, out, Andy. Ask any of my students, and this is the way. Give him a hand, Andy. <laughs> ask any of my students, and this is the way my lectures go. Got a four things. Um, <laughs> Okay, the two questions you have to ask yourself are, is this, is 
what I'm looking at, what I'm watching, what I'm seeing, is this any good in any kind of, you know, as objectively as you can get standards, which of course it's all art. Do you mean, is there something interesting going on at all visually? Whatever your critical criterion is. Anything? So so you're you're digging for any positives at that point? Yeah, yeah. In other words, is what I'm watching here, is this the standard state of the art? Is this... Is this a quality sure. thing? Then the second question is, do I like it? And they don't always go together. No. And so, and you know, my prime example, which again, I'm going to have to change since I've finally seen this movie on the big screen recently. And I was like, oh, I had to change my reference. But before I saw it on the big screen, my reference for the first thing was that I would concede that The Godfather is one of the best movies ever made. It's well acted, it's well written, well directed, the cinematography is awesome, it's got a great score, all the you know story beats in it. It's an amazing movie, not on my list of personal favorites. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I've got Meatballs in my DVD collection, which is a horrible movie. It yes, sucks. It really is. Or Cabin Boy, you know, <laughs> and I love them. Yeah. So they don't go together. And then, so this thing, you know, and I, I say, I think I can make a case for the Transformers movies sucking giant ass. There is no there there. It is four movies which are basically movies as not even roller coaster ride, which is bad enough. Things like Twister and that kind of stuff. It's four movies as fireworks display. Yeah. <laughs> for two and a half hours, each one of them. And the last nothing one. Nothing happens no. in these movies. Nothing. Yeah, it's just terrible. blowing stuff up. It's so sad. And the last one, several reviews pointed out, is like not only were the visuals redone from all the previous, they, some of them were lazy. Like they just didn't even complete scenes. Yeah. Uh, the biggest one that pointed out was like, you know, they're supposed to be in Hong Kong and the. Or I think it's Hong Kong, and the uh, the Sears Tower in Chicago is in the background. Yeah, and they they, they didn't you know brush that out, which yeah. is a simple visual. Yeah, uh, they're they're crappy, you know, crappy cool. movies. They've got nothing going for them, and yet they are the highest grossing movies every year they come out. It it also fails the Betchel test so hard it doesn't even like, work for men. <laughs> oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I finally, what you were talking about, Paul. I finally saw the extended scene where he, where uh, she, the 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 daughter and the boyfriend are explaining the whole. Uh, they've got he's got the card in his wallet. Explaining See, I never how even they, saw this movie. Oh, I just oh, read yeah. about. Oh, you read about? Okay, yeah. yeah. So I, I saw. It blew I, my mind. I saw the extended he has clip a card of this scene. In his hand explaining that she's legal and he him having sex with her well, is not right. The in card. This. It, the, all the card is is a copy of a Texas statute yeah. that explains their relationship because they dated like once in high school and even though she's not of legal age and he that is works okay. that it's okay that makes it's, it okay. it's like a Romeo and Juliet uh, hilarious uh, that's one of their clauses or something like that and Great. which is apparently a real Texas statute I'm sure. or something like that I'm sure that's what that's what Transformers was built around exactly but it's like it's sex like, laws yeah it's yeah. because they have an established relationship. Fuck well, you, Michael Bay. Well, it's Fuck you, okay dumbass. To hunt Mike, Megan Fox's legs. Uh, but it's, it's the like, dumbest shit. It's, it's like, just so. It's it's beyond dumb. What's this? I know. It, it's, it's insulting. Yes, it's it insulting. Is. And yet, I know. One well, billion dollars because, and I'm gonna hear. I'm here to tell you, people are mentally handicapped across <laughs> this world. What, we have some of the dumbest people alive. Listen, listen to the radio. Watch TV. 
like I said, I just the other night, just last night. Okay, so so wife's out of town, so I'm leaving the TV on a lot of times when I'm leaving the house. At your own risk. Well, the only way to do it is to put on local channel, because I can't have just, you know, uh, Netflix will time out after a time. Right. So I throw on some local channel. I come home last night, and there's an episode of the real ha- or uh, Cougar, Cougarville, Cougar Town. Christ. There's an episode of Cougar Town. I've never seen this show. Oh, I hear it's terrible. I watched I've like seen. five minutes. I did, I don't even understand what I don't even understand what was happening to my television. <laughs> I, I thought I thought I was having a stroke. It was, <laughs> I thought I was having a stroke. I couldn't believe it. And all those actresses have had so much work done now. Oh yeah, they look like they look like they're wearing Planet of the Apes masks. Yeah, it's fucking frightening. I remember when they, Courtney they Cox like used to be pretty. Who? I remember when Courtney Cox used to be pretty. Right, like Courtney Cox looks a damn sight. It's a fucking horror show. And then that other one, I didn't realize that other one was horror? in there. I can't remember her name. Um, was, uh, she was on Drew Carey for a long time. She was uh, on Drew Carey show, and then oh, she ended up being uh, on Scrubs. Yes, uh, shoot. Terrible that I don't know her name. Wonderfully talented actress who, for whatever reason on this show, decided she needed that shit too. And she looks a sight. Yeah. I don't understand it. Yeah. Did is you it, have to get your face hurt to be on Cougar Town? Is it possible it's a makeup thing that they're actually is there are they actually doing it intentionally or do they really get the work done? Dude. Courtney Cox has had it done. Dude. Courtney Cox know. ain't no there ain't no mm. two ways about it. Yeah. She's a mess. Uh Poor the, thing. the woman that you're talking about though, I, I she has had several plastic surgeries. I I, I remember that because she's married to the guy that was creator of Scrubs. Okay. And they they, they made fun of it on the show, but in real life she had also had several things done because she said she wanted to keep up with like the quote younger actresses and so forth. I think I was actually trying to defend Cougar Town for a second. And gentlemen, because freaking Tom Jones and Smokey Robinson and Kenny Rogers are in the same boat. Kenny Rogers! Just get fucking old. Just get old. Yeah, just get old. I'm I'm down, dude. Oh, for the love of God. What's her name? Krista Miller. Krista Miller. I was heartbroken last night. I was just like, damn it. I wish anything could have prevented that from happening. Yeah. As you were adorable. Yeah. Oh, my God. We were talking. And she's still such a smart, great actress. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. Well, we were talking about this. (laughs) Uh, Again, for those of you who have only been listening recently, I have this list. Oh yes, <laughs> the, list. the list of my future ex-wives, and the and Michelle Pfeiffer, who probably should have been on the list many many decades ago, finally made it to the list when when I went and saw this movie she was in uh, Sherry, where and I mean they did like these massive light blown out, very detailed close-ups, and I was like, well good for you Michelle Pfeiffer, you look like exactly what you are, an attractive fifty year old woman. You're on the list. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's so I don't know if she's had work done, but if she has, it's been really subtle. Well, that, not only that, I guess I guess maybe I'm just angry at the the butchers who didn't do a good job. <laughs> well, yeah. That's Is that too, right? Maybe, yeah. You know, but I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, you know, we can get into a whole big thing about uh, the double standard and how yeah, hard it well, is for women to, to have to live up to that kind of thing and you know so i don't envy them their position at all right and i don't want to 
you know, lay the burden of that kind of decision totally at their feet. They've certainly had a ton of other outside societal pressures yeah, led to that. Hollywood does pressure the actresses <laughs> yes. in a way that's yeah. not. It's just, it's just a fucked up thing. Mentally healthy. But that fucking yeah. show, <laughs> that fucking show, I, I, I tweeted it out. I said, I just want to boil my television. Yeah. I, this is the grossest thing. I can't even believe. I was just like, ugh. And there's some good people in it. Yeah. But they're just doing just the schlockiest of shit. And it's pay just, the rent. It's, I feel you. <laughs> so, you're right. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. Yeah. No. Well, you know what? No, I wouldn't do it. Because so, I'm never going to be in Hollywood to do it. <laughs> so for the record, you don't like Cougar Town. <laughs> Cougar Town or Smallville? If you're looking for... Huh? <laughs> Cougar Town or Smallville? Oh, you got to throw a third one in and make it uh, um, the, the fuck kill or uh, marry fuck Marriott. kill. Yeah. Cougar Town, Gotham, or Smallville? All right, kill Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> After all of that, kill Gotham. Kill Gotham. Uh, I would fuck Cougar Town because still some some. Very talented ladies on there. Put a bag over her head and do your business. Right. Well, no, I mean, uh, maybe, maybe my my tender touch could rectify their, <laughs> their misaligned. What are you going to rectify? Excuse me. <laughs> I don't fucking know. And then, uh, and then I guess I'd have to marry Smallville. Wow. And beat that bitch every night. Oh, 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 poor Stop Smallville. We're going to get Smallville to a halfway home. <laughs> Show us and Andy where it touched you. Yeah. Where's my fucking dinner, Smallville? <laughs> Linus and China making it. Come here. <laughs> Weekend geek. Hey. Smallville, who said you could change your hair? <laughs> Sony is giving the inter- whap, whap. <laughs> Sony is giving the interview a very limited theatrical release. Uh, so far, both the plot- how limited is it? Uh, it's, it's so, so limited. limited. <laughs> it's so limited. It's like a Fabergé egg of release. It's so limited. It's like they're not even releasing. <laughs> <laughs> right. So far, both Plaza Atlanta Theater and Alamo Drafthouse have announced via social media that Sony Pictures has authorized them to show the movie. Uh, I think since then, it's now up to 200 independent theaters yeah, that are two, showing it. 250. Yeah. Uh, we even have an independent theater in town. Is the uh, I look because I, uh, I, as a protest, was going to go see it on Christmas, and there's I can't find it. Yeah, so far, I haven't seen see anything in Christmas. Vegas. Uh, Sony scrapped the movie after several major movie theater chains said they wouldn't screen the film after the studio cyber attacks threatened to blow up. Uh, theaters that screen the movie. According to Variety, there's also growing speculation that the studio will also offer audiences opportunity to watch the film through video on demand. Last week, Sony Pictures CEO Michael Linden, uh, sorry, Linton told CNN they wouldn't have any online demand providers willing to take on the movie, but that could have easily changed after the last few days. Uh, don't they own Crackle? Um, especially after President Obama came out against Sony's decision to cancel screenings of the film. The FBI recently came out and said that the hack attack on Sony Pictures was definitely the work of North Korea as a way of retaliation. And didn't North Korea's internet go down today? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mysteriously yes. went down. Yeah. But we don't even know for sure if it was North Korea. We don't know what it was or who. That's nah, fucking weird. Well, we haven't waterboarded him yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. Right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Barf farts. We live in a nightmare go land. Waterboard North Korea and, and keep it land. awake all night. Playing. Well, that's that's what I tweeted out too. I said I said, of course, you know, of course, we're not going to release the uh, the interview. We can't do it now because North Korea and us we're we're all secret torture buddies now. <laughs> and you think about it, we're doing just as bad a shit as they are. Yeah. I'm going to guess, that regardless of whether the movie is released wide eventually or not, it still sucks. Well, that's okay. really the thing about it. <laughs> Everyone, see, all the press screenings happened before they canceled the thing, and everything I've heard is either it's a it's a charming bit of diversion, to, a charming to, bit of diversion. You know, that doesn't if you, sound if you like good. if you like your sort of crass, you know, lowbrow, you know, comedy, which in certain occasions I, I like that this is the end. I thought it was funny. I enjoyed that one. Um, and they said if you like this is the end, this is more of the same. It's so, the same writing team, too. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, and then to the other end of the spectrum, this movie sucks. So I like This is the End, so I have a hunch I will like the interview. I think it'll so, be fine. Three yeah. words. Pineapple Express. I love me some Pineapple Express. <laughs> I did not oh, like good that God, film. Really? But of course. Yeah. I mean, oh, I, I did not, love it. No. I do not like I liked it. marijuana-fueled anything. So I wasn't a fan of that one either. It just, yeah. I don't know. I'm out on this one. Didn't see it. Yeah. But I'm not a big Danny McBride fan either. So. Oh, well, yeah. No, I think Danny McBride I actually, is... Ugh. I actually really think he's funny, especially uh, if you watch... He can be, but... Oof. Eastbound and Down on HBO. That's... I guess. show is hilarious. I guess. Maybe he's a better stand-up than he is a movie comedy actor, because I just think he... I think he's a scene stealer in all the worst ways of being a scene stealer. Right I now. just love that this mediocre stoner comedy has now become an act of revolution. Right? That's yeah. yes. That's the that's the stupidest thing about the whole deal, is this was always going to be a mid level success, and now it's probably still because of the limited release only going to be a mid level success. The thing I thought was most interesting was a lot of these theaters were going to do uh, uh, protest screenings of Team America, and then Paramount nixed that. Also said, said pushed out. No. Yeah. Yeah, they said well, no. We don't want retaliation. It's like the film's ten years old. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah, that, that I just I saw that and I was like, you have well, got to be kidding me. Yeah. Well, if I remember right, Hot Shots. It was the exact same premise as far as killing an actual leader. And that one was Saddam Hussein. Yep. Yeah. So both one and two. Yeah. <laughs> Hot Shots one and two. So they killed him twice. Yeah. Yeah. And then South Park was all about Saddam Hussein getting boned by the by the devil. So yeah. we. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was a weird thing with people talking all this smack about how dare you, you know, why should we even support a movie that, that talks about, you know, the assassination it's of satire. A, exactly. <laughs> I mean, but there's so many classic films that would go under. The yeah. Dictator yeah. is a, like the, the classic. Yeah, yeah. The, well, the now, yeah and all that kind of thing. Now, you know, Dr. Strangelove <laughs> is a huge a political satire. You've got but see, but that bomb. was using fictional characters. It's true. But yeah. you've got like Captain America punching Hitler in the face in the, you know, in the comic book well, he before was, right. we entered World oh, War II. Okay. Because in the mo- by the time the movie came out, Hitler had been dead for a while. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But you're right. But, but yeah, there, the, the question was raised, if we had found out that some other country had done a movie about the assassination of a sitting American president, what would our reaction be? My reaction would be, it's a fucking movie. Who cares? Yeah. Fox's reaction would be, how dare they? We should bomb them all straight to hell. But Sure. Yeah. I heard a really weird comparison. They're saying, what would, be, what would we say if there was a movie about somebody kidnapping Obama's daughters and doing something weird to him? It's like, how, 
wow, how is that the same thing? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're, you're indulging we in your weird fantasies the, here. <laughs> yeah, we were probably listening to the same show because <laughs> I heard the same analogy and I was like, mm, that's a totally different dealio. And, and, and historically speaking, the premise of the film is. Not without precedent. Right. I mean, come on. You know, CIA trying to there was assassinate a, a the whole thing of another it, country. I mean, it just it, it completely mirrors the real life uh, set up with Castro. Yeah, right. exactly. That's what right. I was referencing. And uh, yeah, wasn't that uh, Barbara Walters? Uh, could be. I know it was some journalist that was supposed to go down was and Barbara Walters or uh, what's his name. No, you know, I think it pre. I think it was way pre Barbara Walters. No, yeah. was it, well, it was either Barbara Walters or who's the guy? Was he was sixty minutes for a long time? Shit, uh, um, Andy uh, Mike Rooney? Wallace. Andy yeah, Rooney. I think it was. I think it was Mike Wallace. I think Mike Wallace is yeah. more on the nose. Yeah, if you're gonna send a media person to assassinate somebody, you should be sending Doctor Ruth, <laughs> right? <laughs> Here, you put this cucumber up your buttocks. No, she was a sniper. Oh, that's right. <laughs> was she really? Yeah, she was. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but just going to you reading complaints on tweets that uh, how dare they make this movie about assassinating a real person. You have the option of not going to see the movie. Yeah. But the big problem is somebody deciding that option for you. Yeah. Right. That's exactly. the big issue. Oh, yeah. 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 The, the problem is... Yeah, that, the problem is like I always say, you 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 can't. No, there is no. If you are truly hurting someone, if you are actually, this is the thing that blows my fucking mind. No one is actually being hurt. Right. No one is truly being harmed. Right. It is art. It is an expression. It is poetry. And it's it is dumb art. So it's right. not even to be taken seriously. And didn't somebody spoil it by saying the whole thing is that he doesn't actually die in the movie? So No, it's, he dies. It's like, oh, he did die oh, in the movie. Yeah, okay. That, was, that he, was the spoiler, is that they actually succeed. Yeah, he explodes in a helicopter. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> but the, it goes back. I've been bringing this point up on Ice Cream Social as well. Like, we do not talk about the real world consequences of the combat we are currently engaged in at all already. Right. So a fictionalized account of one person dying, and it goes right, it just shows you right there. The death of one is a tragedy. The death of millions is just a statistic. Right. Thank you, Marilyn Manson and yep. many others before you. That's kind of what it is, where it, where it stands, you know? We can't wrap our brains around the kind of genocidal practices that uh, we as a world have been involved with for right. for so long now, but we can we can whittle it down to oh they pretended to kill one guy in a movie yeah Outrage. pretended right to kill one right guy. right that's what gets us that's what gets us flared up yeah that's the crazy shit yeah I just I just wish we could declare one month just give me one month of full unedited coverage of the combat we. Americans are engaged in one month for all the journalists to do all the reporting they wish unedited unfiltered you could even stipulate that they don't get to make any journalistic commentary right you just give turn me the cameras one on and follow these guys around footage can be displayed on a nightly basis from the war zones that we are involved in that's what I guarantee that's what that's what quote unquote ruined Vietnam right for the military industrial complex yeah that is why we no longer even show caskets coming home right that is why we do not we whitewash it all 
and we sleep easy and we know nothing about what's really happening and it's disgusting i i i really think we should push you even a fucking week would put a huge dent in the shit yeah. we should this is you know what i think that's going to be a thing that i'm going to try for next year i know it's not going to go anywhere but that's going to be my little rallying cry there should be one week where unfiltered footage from any news source should be shown for an hour each night on a uh, public network. television yeah. major network. There does not have to be any commentary whatsoever. I like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, nope, I don't. D- d- don't politicize it. Don't don't candy coat it. Don't left it. Don't write it. Boom. Show me footage from the combat zones for one week for an hour each night. GoPros on five helmets. hours. Yeah, GoPros on helmets. Exactly. Five hours. Yeah. GoPros on helmets. Five hours. That's all I ask. Five hours of uninterrupted combat footage. Done. And we're out of there. We're out of so many places. <laughs> Things are going to change so hard. And, and, and that's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah. The only way it's going to happen is, is you know, and that's kind of the debate that we've been having with uh, the military, with the police. You know, wanting to have the GoPros on the police and all that kind of thing. And it's going to have to happen. It's, it's, uh, this torturing, this kind of stuff wouldn't go on right. if, if there were uh, observations in place. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I was I was looking at the quote here. So I didn't get it wrong. The uh, general uh, Robert Robert E. Lee quote: "It is it is well that war is so terrible. Otherwise, we'd grow too fond of it." <laughs> well, that's just it. If we knew, if we were reminded mm-hmm. how terrible it was, we would not be so quick to right. get into these combat situations. Now, the other fucked up thing about current combat situations is the whole we don't even need the giant quote boots on the ground shit. <laughs> right, we're getting into this whole drone thing. Yeah, sure. But have you any idea the terror that we instill in other countries via our drone programs? They long for sunny days. They stay in their homes on cloudy days because they can't see the drones. Right. It's if. They get scared on cloudy days. It's just, uh, it's depressing. Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I contend you are slowly turning into a crazier version of, uh, of oh God, it went out of my head. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Lenny Bruce. Apt. Of Lenny Bruce? Yeah. A crazier version of Lenny Bruce? <laughs> Thank you? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Vorf. Well, I'll Lenny, say this. Lenny Bruce didn't go off into the whole things about jacking off much. I'll say this. <clears throat> I'm able to get my gross, ridiculous comedy out there to an audience. I take nothing away from what we do still have in this country, but it is up to us to continue to fight to preserve it. Mm-hmm. These, you know, and if you listen to Greg Proops, he's hit it on the head a few times. They're not on to podcasts yet. The powers that be don't quite understand the podcast thing. Mm-hmm. And part of that is it is a, for better or worse, it is a dissemination of information of privilege. Only certain people can access readily and easily podcasts and listen mm-hmm. to them. Not to say it's not a pretty big swath, but, <laughs> yeah. but still, you have to know what you're searching for. You have to have the means to put it onto a MP3 player or something like that and somebody to do it. Phones, it's becoming a little more ubiquitous, but still. Yeah. When you want to talk globally, it's still a limited limited scope. Yeah, and that's exactly. Why and there's this whole thing of, of numbers in general. 
Um, you know, how many regular followers do you guys think you have on just this podcast? This two. podcast, yeah. two, two guys. Two. Well, we just got a third. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but like in the two thousand ish range, right? Um, two, three, four. Actually, it's quite a bit more. But R- yeah, but. We're super popular, Steve. <laughs> oh, I didn't know myself. I just, I just go by the Facebook likes where you guys are trying to get that. That doesn't count. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's about 1,500 a day. Okay. So cool. So, but 1,500 dropping the bucket compared to sure. million. Right. Whereas broadcast TV is full of people in B costumes hitting each other with pancakes. Right. Yeah. So, so, yeah, everything's a niche. It's, it's, you know, one of the things I always talk about when, you know, we talk about you know, comics to screen and everything. I was like, you guys got to remember, the best-selling issue of a comic right now is maybe 200,000, maybe 300,000. I'd be surprised that's if a, That's high. a flop movie. If all those people showed up to the movie right, that gets based right. on it, <laughs> no, you're it's right. a flop. You're right. It's That's the whole thing of, of, of uh, the quote-unquote fans crying. It's like, yeah. fans, I'm sorry. <laughs> you do not Your matter. Your dollars don't matter. Yeah. Your dollars don't matter. There's not enough dollars. Yeah. yeah. But that's the shame. But thankfully, Marvel is wise enough to understand that their sensibilities matter. Yes, and that it, well, they these, have figured these books out that, haven't carried on for this long without some stuff. What what are you going to say? They figured uh, out. I was just what, what they what they figured out is that which Warner Brothers really needs to do very quickly as far as their movie franchise goes. What Marvel figured out is if you don't piss off the fanboys, there won't be all this negative buzz that they have to cut through to get to some positive buzz. And Warner Brothers just hasn't really pulled their head out about that. Well, but Warner Brothers makes terrible decisions about how they present their heroes. Right. They put them in weird suits. (laughs) They make them do terrible, stupid things. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate the choir. And they, and they, right, I'm no. I'm just so, these are the days when I'm so thankful I'm a Marvel fanboy. I just picked up the right book as a kid. I should say my cousin got me the right book as a kid. Yeah. If I hadn't started on Spider Man, who knows what dark path I might have gone down. Yeah. But thankfully, I will say though that Spider Man, Infinity Gauntlet, those are some of my earliest books. Yeah. I will say though that Warner Brothers television appears to have its head much further out of its butt than the movie people. Right. Yeah. They're figuring it out, which, which, I wish they would just concentrate on their TV efforts and leave the other stuff alone. Too much money in that. Yeah. In the in the movies? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But that's... Oh, God, yeah. they make such bad movies. Oh, yeah, they do. Because everyone's... <laughs> bad because, movies that people go see. Except the Batmans. The, well, Those last three Batmans were great. <laughs> well, which leads me to the problem with Warner Brothers executives is uh, we got all these comic book characters. What do you want them to be like? Batman. Well, no, Superman's supposed to be kind of a hopeful character. No, broody. Broody and wearing dark colors. No, he's he's like red and blue and yellow. No, I, well, he can be that, but like really gray versions yeah, why of don't those they colors. Just do, why does it have to be, why can't it just be Superman going around no. Metropolis no. doing those, seven or eight really cool things? No, he's got to be broody. And, no, and, why did he just go? He, goes, no, he, saves, uh, a, dude, yeah, he saves a helicopter. Yeah, yeah. That's what, I, that was the shit right there. Again, Nolan's Batman. Choir, I know. What I'm telling you, the thought process yeah. is, oh, oh, okay, all right, we'll do that with Man of Steel, I guess, oh, make him broody. Man, Okay, uh, Wonder Woman. She's like a hopeful sort of uh, warrior princess. No, she's got to be Batman. W- w- what do you mean? Well, put her in like not w- what color she wear? Well, again, red, blue, and and gold. And uh, no, brown. We want her in brown. Put her in brown. She's got to be brown and doing this and doing this in her first picture. 
Great radio. It's like, no, but she's. <laughs> right, I know. Uh, the scowl that you've all seen. Well, I, I say that because they've all seen the damn picture. Uh, yes. Holding, us, holding a sword, looking, standing on a, a mountain of skulls. That's what we won't wonder. What, it's like, uh, oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Well, what about the Flash? The Flash for a movie. He's, the Flash is colorful. No, Batman. He's got to be Batman. So I don't know, like a blood red, you know, blood red, and again scowling and and broody, broody and weird. Uh, well, because the Barry Allen, he's blonde. No, no, brunette. I think that's you've you've hit upon a big thing there, you know, with Guardians of the Galaxy and all the the Marvel movies. There's levity. There's room for laughter, and, and there, there has all to be different. Yes. Iron Man is not Captain America is not Thor. Well, Iron not. Man is Batman, but well, I mean, but he's funny Batman. Well, Iron Man, <laughs> but, he's, but he's not Captain America, right? And no, he's not. Who is not Thor? Who is not Black Widow? Right. Who is not Hawkeye? Yep. <sighs> Millionaire philanthropist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which have you seen? Have you seen the fan the fanboy uh, mashup trailer? That's no. out. <laughs> it's got it's got it's like this guy did this pretty amazing job of of mashing all the live action. DC and Marvel characters together, and there's one where uh, Tony Stark's coming around, who are you? And cut to Batman, a guy like you. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Paul Rubens has been teasing news about the upcoming Pee-wee movie. It's been reported that Netflix is close to a deal to distribute the Judd Apatow-produced film, while Netflix representative cautioned the rap that no official deal has been said. They've reportedly been told it moved to Netflix a gazillion months ago, unquote. Uh, a Netf- gazillion A gazillion, months ago. yeah. Netflix already has a bunch of Pee Wee offerings. No official announcement has yet been made, but Rubens previously teased that, quote, an amazing company, unquote, was involved with the movie so that he couldn't talk about it at the time. And filming is set to start in February, so we'll probably hear the official word very soon. That's great. I just yeah. watched... Uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. It just, oh, it just came on Netflix now, and just watched the first three episodes again. I was like, oh, it's so good. It, it really is. It's, it's so good. The best stuff ever. And seeing Phil Hartman in that already. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, that oh, brings tears. Heart, heart wrenching. Uh, I still was, miss him, man. He was so good. He's just yeah. so good in everything yeah, he did. I gotta go. He's just so good. <laughs> Captain Carl and Zizzy Baluba. Yeah. But he's just so fucking good. Really Everybody's say, man. good. I'd watch it every Saturday morning and then for the rest of the day, anytime somebody said the word of the, the day, word, scream. And I was, you know, 30 at the time. So something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's awesome. Uh, Mojang has announced a deal with Telltale Games that will result in an episodic game called Minecraft Story Mode. Quote, Minecraft Story Mode will be an all-new narrative-driven game series developed by Telltale in collaboration with Mojang. Telltale Games said on this blog in part, Set in the world of Minecraft, the series will feature an original story driven by player choice. It will not be an add-on for Minecraft, but rather a separate standalone product that will premiere in 2015 on consoles, computers, and mobile devices. Unquote. Uh, Mojang noted the game will not be an official story for Steve or explain the Minecraft world, but instead be at one interpretation of Minecraft's world and logic. Uh, the M- S- Minecraft story mode will release in 2015 for Xbox consoles, PlayStation consoles, PC, Mac, iOS, and Android-based devices. Keep going, Telltale. <laughs> Keep going with your yeah, stuffs. They've been doing a great job. The Sony hacker issue has emboldened supporters of the Cybersecurity Information Sharing Act, which failed to make it to the Senate floor for a vote in July, to parade it out in front of the country as a good solution. 
Republican Senator John McCain has called on Congress to, quote, finally pass long overdue comprehensive cybersecurity legislation, unquote. And Representative John Langevin, uh, co-chair of the House Cybersecurity Caucus, said that, quote, the new Congress should act without delay to pass a comprehensive cybersecurity information sharing bill to allow the federal government to share what it knows about threats in cyberspace with the private sector and vice versa, unquote. The Cyber uh, Cybersecurity Information Sharing Act of 2014 does not provide enough privacy protections for Americans and gives corporations that cooperate with the government immunity from lawsuits. According to Electronic Privacy Information Center, the bill allows companies to monitor private communications on their networks and to disclose user activity to the government without warrant and exempts cooperating companies from liability for their monitoring activities. So expect, expect this in a Congress near you. Especially with a new Republican Congress coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. This is always one of those really complicated issues because, yeah, you don't want to get, get yourself hacked all over, but then where does it stop? What's Where's the line to protect just, you know... It's no longer safe just deleting your browser history. They yeah. know about the, uh, the cheerleaders and the butter. See, that's <laughs> what I'm afraid of. <laughs> that's what I'm afraid of. Because, you know, it was only two, but still, it's out there. Sure, and it's and it's just so open that it's it's right. Yeah, that's for the a, problem. Yeah, they they said it's where's the, the line? Set. What are the boundaries of this sharing thing? That's what's never clear, and then you find out. Oh, oh all they my happy birthday! Their are... right to swing their fists ends where your colon stops. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's being called like the new SOPA and the new like CODA or whatever yeah. the other one was. I forget because it doesn't. It doesn't specifically address how the general public is going to be protected right. from, you know. And, right. and, and it, the thoughts that are floating around right now is like if a comprehensive net neutrality policy is set next year, mm-hmm. that could prevent this from hitting the floor for yeah. a vote because it would already be moot by the time it hits the floor. Right. But... <sighs> FCC is really dragging its heels on this net neutrality thing. So who knows? Mm-hmm. I think everything keeps coming back to 9-11. Yep. They keep using that as the catch-all excuse for any means necessary to prevent any possible anything. And in the, and in, and in the interim, we are losing everything. I really believe it's going to take another 30 years, maybe 40, a full generation or so, to get us far enough removed away from that event that we can objectively look at stuff again with rational eyes. You know, it's kind You're of the way the, whole right Pearl Har- the way the whole Pearl Harbor thing went down, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then it's going to take that long for us to get our senses back and undo and repair some of this shit. Who knows where technology is going to be at that point? Right. But... Uh, if we make it that long, I really do think it's going to take another 30 years before we can get away with it. Now, the cynic in me says uh, some other terrible event will be the new flagpole. Yeah. But let's hope that's not the case um, and, uh, and that we can right the ship after a while. But I really think it's going to take a generational shift before we can get away from that because until people can think rationally about this kind of stuff without going, oh, my God, I don't want to die. <laughs> it's well, you know, and it's it's sad because there takes a certain type of mental set 
that goes into politics and the type of person that goes into politics are typically not rational people. And this is not, not in a, this day and age. No. Well, I well, mean, in, in, in general. And it and it's not exclusive to, you know, the left or the right. No. It's it's you've got some <laughs> what would what would be called what would be called fairly mentally ill people sociopaths in the real world. For the most part. Sociopaths, etc are the ones running our country and making our decisions for us. Well, so. and if they're not sociopaths, they're dealing with sociopaths. Right. Yeah. You know, they're dealing with the squeakiest wheel. And that's exactly it. It'll always be the way. The loud, yeah. the loud screamies get, yeah. get things. And if something happens, some events anywhere that furthers your own agenda, yeah. that is going to be used ad nauseum. It's like, huh, right. we yeah. were right. I'm like, you were right this one very instance right. not to mention the thousand times you were wrong right well the terrible this, thing about it that that is even used as the example is that well yeah. it, it you know it, things went terribly wrong yeah <laughs> yeah in place the only way that that happened is for a series of events to go completely right. sideways unpredictably so <clears throat> and and not to say that there were right it's not unpredictably, it's, well, unpredictably so exactly. not not I mean, unpredictably so no it was unpredictably so for the most part and and the fact that we are we are to then look at this organization that dropped the ball so hard and go oh well you'll get it right this time i'm sure so long as i give you over all of my personal freedom yeah. you'll 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 not let this happen again well, and right here, and sure. actually here's part of the problem <laughs> with with the generational thing yeah um i <laughs> i figured out because I do this, I do this horror show to myself every fall. Um, I the kids you're my, teaching now. My incoming freshmen this year mm-hmm. were the same age on 9/11 that I was JFK assassination. Okay. So I grew up in a world where presidents were assassinated, presidents and political leaders in this country were assassinated. Right. These kids have grown up in a world where you can fly planes into buildings. Mm-hmm. And that's their reality, right? <laughs> so it has shaped that. So it's going to take another generation. Yeah, so maybe it's maybe it's fifty years. Yeah, but because all... my kids, I put November twenty second, nineteen sixty three on the board. They're like um, Vietnam. They have no idea <laughs> wow. what the significance of that date is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's gonna you know, it's gonna take like fifty years you know, or another forty years before mm-hmm. somebody writes nine eleven two thousand one on the board, and people go. Um, stock market crash. Right. Uh, I don't even know if that'll ever because I, just, I don't think so it ever prolif- will. Because yeah. it's been so prolificated. Well, well yeah. You've got, you got all the shirts December to say 7th, never forget all the bumper stickers. See, I know that one, but that's yeah. but that's the difference is that this thing has always been referred to by the date. That's that's true. the thing. That's, that's the true. Thing. That's, that's true. It, Pearl Harbor's always been that's referred to as Pearl Harbor. That's that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know that we'll ever not know it as a factoid. Yeah. But whether it'll have the same impact, whether it'll have the same mind scraping impact was the wrong word to use. Oh, boo hoo! <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? I'm offended now. It's the very right. It's the very right word to use. It's a terrible, atrocious, horrible thing that happened. Yeah. But uh, the more terrible and atrocious, horrible thing is to not face reality. And it's not face that the aftermath right? of our decisions in the aftermath have kind of been even more horrible. And yeah. Far more horrible. Sure. Oh, yeah. we, from, yeah. Far more horrible. From, people, whole, to, from uh, people telling you you should be afraid. Right. That's the whole demise of it all. Yeah. To live in terror is to yeah. not live at all. 
and we're already we're seeing it. This is the Sony shit is the drippings yeah. of that. Yeah, that people would even fathom making the move that they did. Yeah, because that, of that vague movie, random that movie weird theaters threats. in this country. Right, based on this whacked out internet threat that they don't even know where it was movie. they don't even know where the origin was they want to say north korea but they don't know well that's even like then, that's like that's like it's but and then the parallels are striking in how we went so quickly over to iraq after 9-11 when we damn well know no connection N- well nothing some people know and understand no connection yeah the media has done a fantastic job of obscuring Certain- that Aspects of the media that begin with faux. Mind-numbing. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But I mean, that, but that's the thing. Like, like people don't even realize that no, Iraq had nothing, nothing to do with yeah. that. Zero. And what's, what's interesting is that, uh, like we mentioned last week, like we were going to bring it up because it wasn't news, all the leaks and so on. But all of the journalists putting forward all this leaked information gave credence and power to that hacker group right. so that when they came forward and said, hey, if you put the movie, then real stuff is going to happen right. to your theater, then Matt made people believe it mm-hmm. because they're... The ramifications the, had already come and through. And like yeah. the whole knee-jerk all, thing yep. of, we got this threat, whoop, let's yank these things because we don't want a 9-11, quote-unquote, 9-11 style attack. It's like... Did you check with anyone to see if that was a credible threat at yeah. all? The F, the you know, Homeland even basically said there are no credible physical threats. Yeah, nothing to act on. And you got to understand, there's terrible people wanting to do terrible things out in the world. The Aurora guy had nothing to do with anyone except himself, right? Yeah. Nut jobs, and yeah. it's almost impossible to stop terrible people from doing terrible things yeah. if they're hell bent on. And it. this is it's like trying to stop people from breaking into your house, right? They it's, want to break into your house, they'll break into your house. It's like it's like when the Patriot Act thing was all coming around, there was mm-hmm. this great interview with a like a New York cop, a New York detective. And he said he said, You know what? If somebody that you don't know about wants to kill you, they will kill you. You have to know about a threat before you can protect yourself against it. If you don't, if some random psycho that has put no word out, if he's decided, I'm going to kill that guy, he'll get to you because there's no protection. You're just going about your business. Mm -hmm. you got no idea that some psycho has targeted you. You're dead. And I I have to say on a very nihilistic note here, uh, one of the, you know, one of the things about this season, this season's walking dead, the thing that Rick told don't you spoil shit. I don't. I, oh, yeah. I think a lot of people are way behind on that. Okay. Let's say leave right. that that example out. Okay. You get to well, the gist anyway. of it without the. To, to liven yeah. the mood a little here. <laughs> yes. I'm, I got nothing but good news coming. I was going to okay. say. Yay. Did anybody catch the uh, Mike Myers appearance as Dr. Everall on Saturday <laughs> yes. Night Live this weekend? No. Yes. That was amazing yeah i did see that made my heart flutter it really it really made me smile and and then out you know out loud laugh yeah several times is that getting good again because i saw i think i saw no it's horrible Uh, general rule this year's because i saw i saw the clip of the asian american doll and that cracked me up i thought that was really the best quote i've seen about the current cast of snl is that you have a lot of great actors that cannot work well as an ensemble. Oh, yeah. And then the writing's just not yeah. at all so, where it needs to be. Well, and that goes back to the, you know, they can write for them individually, mm, individual yeah. sketches, they can highlight their strengths, 
They just don't work as an ensemble yeah. cast. All right, so let's clean the slate. Because I usually I make Paul dance like a monkey. Can we have a little bit of uh, Jimmy Stewart? Well, now, now here's the thing. I've, I've been I've been watching this um, um, Saturday Night Live thing, and and it's it's screwy. I tell you, it's crazy, and it's making me crazy too. <laughs> I used to make him do that every time I saw him, and I saw him once or twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Well, well, I know what you really want to hear, and I just don't have it memorized yet. Uh, <laughs> a few weeks ago. Uh, Jeff and, and the group, especially Jeff, was lamenting that star logs were not really yes. readily available anymore. Oh, yes. yes. I know what you're going to say. Yes. That's changed. Now, star log, it's from August 1976 to April 2009. It was a magazine that was all science fiction news in film, television, books, and whatever, whatever science fiction, and some space. Uh, earlier this year, Starlog came full circle, returned to life, but as a website. But today, courtesy of the wonderful Internet Archive, you can read Starlog's entire run online for free. The Internet Archive is a nonprofit organization striving to give everyone free access to all knowledge. That's no small task, but one of the particular focuses of the project is preserving runs of magazines. And much of the material published in magazines over the years was never republished elsewhere. And the magazines themselves usually wind up in landfills. By not mine. By translating the run of a magazine like Starlog, the IA folks are preserving a chronicle of the history of science fiction in film and television over the course of three decades. And of course, you don't have to stop there. I think they also have Cine Effects mm-hmm. is another one that they, and they've, Fangoria. Got, they've gotten hold of. They do have Fangoria now. Oh, I, oh, I don't know, but that's oh, published. I, also say, by published I, say, I don't think Fangoria is. They really tied that, on theirs. That was my. That was my second one. If if they get. That and then Fangoria. But a lot of old computer oh. game and video game magazines are available yes. on there. So enjoy the Internet Archive. Somebody, it is a great it sounds place. Great. The big question Somebody is, said Omni as well is available. Yeah. Oh, that's I awesome. read the shit out of Omni as a kid. That yeah. was a good thing my dad did subscribing to that. Yep. Absolutely. Omni. But Starlog, yeah, man. I oh. was I was telling somebody I was telling somebody, these kids today, they just don't know. That was the <laughs> the place to get any kind of update on yeah. genre, anything, yeah. and behind-the-scenes stuff. Great stuff. Oh, man. all. That was the only thing. I and used to love reading it because, I mean, the, some of the pictures, the you know, yes. on-set pictures and stuff, yeah. I have never seen again, yeah. ever, anywhere. Yeah. Like, even when I've gotten books about, you know, the making of this movie or that movie, and they have all these glorious full-color pictures of, like, scenes behind the set, I'm like, I remember seeing in a star log they had pictures behind the set and none of those are even in here. Yeah. Where are those pictures? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great. Oh, but what's what is sad is I had no idea that went on till two thousand nine. I literally thought by two thousand it was gone. Because I do not remember seeing it at all when I would go to the bookstore, the magazine sections at all from like two thousand one ish on. Yeah. I, I thought it was dead long before two thousand nine. Yeah, I, I stopped buying Starlog early nineties, I wanna say, when I got married. Um. So how'd yeah. that work? What's that? How'd that work out? I should have been kept reading Starlog. Um. No, it's <laughs> fine. It, the, so, ex, the ex and I are. Am, I'm house sitting for her even as we speak. So so, yeah. They have Starlog. They have uh, Omni. Cat fancy. <laughs> Probably coming Fuck near you. <laughs> All the cat fancy you can eat. Yeah. It'll be a fancy feast. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember, you know. We, 
like just tidbits of information that came out of Starlog that you know that I'm able to re-reference when people start talking about the Star Trek movies and stuff. Yeah, and I was like, well, originally, well, like the Star Wars movies are the best ones because I knew back in '77 that that was supposed to be a nine movie, you know, franchise. He just did the middle part because he thought that was going to be the most exciting. Mm-hmm. So when you know when they talked about picking up the you know the now it's going to be episode seven, is, eight, and nine. This is what I was like, worried. well, of course, it's always been in the works. This is what has me worried, though. If he think, if he thought that was the most exciting, and then he went, okay, I guess I'll do the uh, second most exciting, which will be the first three, and those are boring as fuck. <laughs> what is the next one's about? Well. <laughs> How much slower here, can it get? Here's, here's, my, here's my whole thing about these, this next batch of three movies. No George, George Lucas is not a very good director. Yeah, I mean, even if you go back not. and look at THX 1138 or... He's not a very good writer either. American right. He does a not great, know... He's a great concept guy. He's, and a, he's great a great producer. storyteller. He's a great producer. Yeah. Which, so for those of us who were huge fans and still are huge fans of that middle trilogy... Um, he got very smart with Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi by by here's the story, write me a screenplay. Here's a story, you direct it, you know. And which is of course not what he did with Phantom Menace or any of those movies. He did oh. it all himself. Yep. And they blow. Yes. So they're so bad. So with these new batch, you basically for me, for me, when they were announcing, you know, who was going to be in charge of the next, uh, George Lucas giving up. Oh, well, that could be good. And here's going to be the person in charge, Kathleen Kennedy. I was like, those movies are going to be fine. Those movies are going to be absolutely fine. Right. So this is this is way inside baseball, but uh, right, the bar around the corner here, good times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Anytime I you meet a payment. Yeah. Uh, Anytime you need a friend. And a time you're out from under, Should've not getting known. hassled, not getting hustled, keeping your head above water, making new way if you can. Temporary layoffs, good times, easy credit ripoffs, good times, scratching and surviving, good times. Ain't we lucky we got them? Do, 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 do. Good times. <laughs> You're saying? There's your tribute to Cat Fancy. <laughs> you know, Biggs, you, you brought up that, that Star Wars was originally supposed to be nine films. Gary Kurtz came out this year and said that, that w- the, the, the episode four was just a number they threw out in the production of it because they wanted it to be kind of an homage to the old serials, like mm-hmm. the Flash Gordon serials, where that would just say, you know, you may not have caught... Any episodes Gary before, Kurtz but is a dirty liar. It didn't say <laughs> it didn't say episode four when it first came out. Yeah, nope. right. It yeah, did. it didn't say no, it new didn't. Hope. No, it didn't. I don't think it did. It didn't. It didn't. That came out later. Oh, you're yeah. right. See, Gary so, Kurtz is a dirty liar. That's what he said. Is that that was added later because they never nah. they never intended to go more than the one. Why would film you add it later if thought. it wasn't a plan? But, so. but, that, but, but he says that he counters that Lucas's you, claim you that he'd remember, always plan right. on doing more films. You're right. Back yeah. to tonight, Wednesday night. was a plan. No, Wednesday night, if you're listening to this at the Good Times Bar, they are showing the Star Wars holiday special. Are they now? <gasps> yes. As in like why we're talking right now? No, well, no. tomorrow night. Tomorrow on Wednesday night. Wednesday, Wednesday night, night on in what? Las Vegas. December 24th. Good, good Where? At Tropicana good and Spencer, I yes. believe. Which is a gay bar, so that freaks you out, but uh, they're 
good folks there. I bet that's where we went to the screening of the um, episode of uh, the ta- the uh, body painting show that I was on. Uh, I, I, I can't wait one. to watch Red Letter Media just did their take on the Star Wars Christmas special. Did they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. it just popped up a day ago, so I can't wait to see that. Oh, that's exciting. And me too. And so the, the Star Wars special was probably a 40 minutes worth of actual uh, time. Is it Con- 40 minutes uh, content? Uh, it was back yeah. in the 70s, so it might actually be 50. Okay. Yeah. So Red Letter Media is what three and a half hours uh, review? No, of it? <laughs> I don't know. It'll probably, be like a, it'll probably be like an hour. You know, they don't. They don't. Uh, it's different with the way they do that. When yeah, it's not. It's not a plinket review. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. I don't think. I don't think it's a plinket review. It I should don't know. be. It'd oh, be fucking man. hilarious. What the hell is B. Arthur doing in this? What <laughs> B. Arthur? She was in that show. Blonde. <laughs> Why do they have to do that? Why do they have to cook a bantaloin? That's disgusting. I don't think anyone would eat that. I prefer a pizza roll. Why don't they just cook pizza rolls instead of bantaloin? Everybody could get along with that. It's called Life Day. What happened to that poor banta? Wait. What? Uh, yes. Uh, Paul, we just got a cease and desist. You're ripping off some intellectual property. What? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Anybody want a pizza roll? Send me a letter. I'll send it's a completely a original roll. idea. <laughs> totally original idea. Everybody, send me a pizza roll. And you know Finally, what? I may have the date wrong. It may actually be Christmas that night. Now I think of it. So maybe Thursday. They're doing Look that. it up. And Look it up on Facebook. If only there was some sort of handheld device that had access to every bit of information. If ever. only there was a device like that. Whoa. Chicago's 40,000-square-foot Pac-Man-themed restaurant level... Pac-Man-themed restaurant. Pac-Man-themed restaurant driving me crazy. Yeah, go ahead. Called Level 257 (laughs) will open in early 2015. Please tell me the thing is built of corridors with food hanging in the middle of the wall corridors. That'd be great. The establishment is located at (laughs) the Woodfield Mall. And it's (laughs) balls. It's all oranges. It's all citrus fruits <laughs> hanging by string, hanging by strings, yeah. and then and, and one Gallagher shit. And then a, yeah, and then a pair of cherries. Go, you got to run for the pair of shit cherries if you want to try and get them. Level two fifty seven is reference to Pac Man's infamous kill screen, which pops up during the two hundred fifty sixth board. The one hundred eighty seat restaurant is referred to as a high end venue featuring bars, lounges with fire pits. Level 257 will have 16 boutique retro-style bowling lanes and also offer pitball machines, table tennis, and a variety of arcade and board games. There will be a Pac-Man retail shop that will presumably sell all manner of items related to the classic game series. Quote, Level 257 seeks to explore Pac-Man's impact upon our society and pop culture, Mm -hmm. reminding us all of the importance of play in our lives while facilitating our desire to relive those times when beating the next level was the most important thing in our world, reads a line from the restaurant's description. I love it. You sound like you're shaving right over there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice stubble you've you've cultivated. (laughs) I hope we get one in Vegas. That'd be all right. I love it. But that's been my dream is to have a uh, Pac-Man themed wet bar in my home. And one day I will have that. <laughs> so I'm going to be all black lit. It's so much safer you. than the Qbert themed bar I was thinking of. You don't want that. <laughs> uh, we had another trip and fall, boss. Oh, God. <laughs> What's your favorite video game bar? Write to us comments at UglyCouchShow.com. Now, uh, next week, there will not be a show. We are going to take off the new year, but we'll be back at the beginning of the year in January with all new geeky news. Next week, usually a very empty news week. So 
So we're going to enjoy a little time for ourselves and for our families, and we hope you do too. And so in the meantime, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year from Geek Shock, and until next week, I am Master Torgo. Well, the week after next week. That's right. Master Torgo. Listen to the Ice Cream Social. Happy Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Don. Fact check Dandy, and I may not be here for a few weeks. Don't let my let people think that uh, Paul is kicking me off for talking about Lenny Bruce. Well, and as we like to say in my hometown, Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls! Merry Christmas, you old building and loan! Hey, Mr. Potter! Merry Christmas! Fuck you! <laughs> Man, you gotta warn me before you do that. <laughs> I saw it coming, but I didn't have the knobs in front of me. We'll talk to you in two weeks in Geek. Wow. I got headphones on, man. That hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I turned mine down. I have to quickly. pot it down in post. Just <laughs> be glad you don't have tinnitus. <laughs> it makes it worse. We got tinnitus. Who needs tomorrow's? And rainbow dash is gonna love it too.